Welcome to Impact Makers, the Crypto Sapiens podcast where we spotlight the remarkable individuals shaping the crypto landscape and leaving a lasting impact on the world. Join us for captivating stories of breakthroughs, triumphs, and invaluable lessons learned as we explore the dynamic world of the public greats working hard to build a brighter future for us all. I'm John Ruth, your host, and I'm so excited to chat with today's guest, James, the VP of Abundance and the head of Community at Octant. With a promise of staking 100,000 ETH, James and Octant are on a mission to ignite a revolution where you shape the destiny of public goods and community governance. The power is yours to wield and James is your guiding star. Join Octant on its mission to financially empower both community good projects and the community in a sustainable way. Welcome to the podcast, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. Maybe to start, anything else I uh, missed in the intro that uh, that you'd love to... Get no, yeah, I think I think you nailed it. The the newly defined mission that we that we have at Octant um, is yeah to empower both our users and and the public. It's funding ecosystem, and so trying to create this win win scenario where um, everybody financially prospers. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what Octant's all about, and and using a a treasury from a very old Golem ecosystem to to drive that forward. Amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely want to dive into that. I was just talking with a friend yesterday about the ICO days and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's a, one of the bigger success stories uh, of, a, of a project that ICO'd then and then came back to life here in, in, uh, in a new form in an amazing way. So maybe before we jump into Octant, maybe we start with really your origin story, um, both kind of who you are and what you're all about, but also your, your origin story into crypto and how you found your way into this wild world we're living in. So I've been a community member of Golem um, since the beginning of the project when they when they had that uh, crowdfund way back in 2016. Um, even before that, I was in the Ethereum ecosystem uh, as like a lurker within the community uh, back in 2015. So I've been around quite a while. Unfortunately, I didn't make my millions in, in holding ETH like I should have. Uh, you know, when the DAO hack happened, uh, I got really scared and... and um, uh, wasn't wasn't what they called diamond hands then, as as I wish I had been. But nevertheless, yeah, I've been in the ecosystem for quite a long time, and and Golem caught my attention pretty early, um, as they were one of the first big projects that was making a bunch of noise uh, as a as a utility token uh, on Ethereum. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, just to to give a little context within all of that, like th- during that time, uh, I spent about ten years in uh, Silicon Valley teaching yoga, meditation, just different kind of uh, health and wellness practices um, to to uh, corporate clients, and was doing really really well there. And um, then COVID happened, and uh, when every single teacher in my field, and I'm sure a lot of other fields as well, had to be or had to go online, um, you know, revenue took quite a hit. And I realized I probably need to pivot to something else pretty quickly here. And um, <laughs> That's the best way to phrase this. Yeah. So I guess um, I, I say all that because uh, I was a community member for a really long time within the Golem ecosystem. And I was actually one of the bigger vocal critics of the um, project. And so I kind of built a reputation for myself um, uh, being one of these loudmouth people, um, voicing my displeasures. And uh, when Golem split, into two separate entities. So there's a Golem Foundation, which is the, the side of the ecosystem that I work on. And then there's um, Golem Network, Golem Factory, which what, what we call them. They're still building the, the 
uh, peer-to-peer marketplace for the computing power. Um, when when Golem Fe- uh, Foundation had split, uh, you know, I was still voicing uh, a lot of uh, displeasure with with how things were going, and and probably not articulating my my thoughts in a in, in the way that I wish I had at the time. But nevertheless, a, a good learning opportunity for me. Uh, but when I was voicing all this displeasure, the um, uh, the team had actually went and hired like a PR and marketing agency to to deal with people like me, and uh, the the um, the person who was leading all that went back and read a lot of the stuff that I was that I was writing and, and recognized that you know I had this unusual amount of passion for this project and. Um, a lot of the things that I was saying, although not articulated in a very positive light or uh, in a well-rounded way, uh, nevertheless, she felt a lot of the things that I was saying were actually correct. So she went and advocated for me to consider joining the team. And, you know, at first, the uh, uh, leadership over at Golan Foundation didn't have a very favorable view of me. But but nevertheless, um, you know, after chatting with me for a little while, you know, dipped their toe in the wild, uh, in the water and, and gave me a uh, a shot, and and um, I guess they they were really happy with me because I've I've since joined a year and a half ago or so uh, full time, and and things have been going really really well. So um, yeah, that's that's how I landed here in, in building the community for for Octon, um, just being a uh, I guess <laughs> for lack of a better term a a vocal or a squeaky wheel within the community, and and uh, um, rather than just continuing to complain about something, actually, you know, stepping up and wanting to, to help fix the, the problems that I was um, complaining about. So here I am and uh, really excited to be here working in, in Octon because it's it's a, it's a really fun space to be in and, and um, you know, doing things that are beyond just, uh, you know, showing a token and making money is, is um, you know, really inspiring to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, I think we both have that in common, just this this drive to find ways to use crypto for good at the end of the day. Like this amazing technology can can really make our world a better place, our lives a better places. And and um and yeah, I, I think it's really admirable that that you're on this mission as well. That um, you know, how can how can you use this uh this, you know, ecosystem that you're so passionate about with with Gollum and then Octant that that you can actually go out and and really at scale be doing some really amazing experiments. Um, it's it's interesting. It seems like it is that kind of classic, like if you just keep showing up, eventually you'll get a job kind of story in a way, though it sounds like you weren't necessarily like in the Discord hoping someday they would hire you. You were just sort of somebody super passionate about what they were building. And, and I assume just seeing a lot of, you know, Areas where you weren't in agreement with how things were moving. Yeah, forward. I, I think mean, it sounds like I, I'll tell you this: with with the long rants that I posted on Reddit, there was no way in heck I I thought I would be getting a job here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I think the biggest thing for me was like I I, I saw this this great potential, and um, as I was saying, you know, I, I was teaching yoga and meditation and, and a lot of stuff in, in Silicon Valley, but just as important for the people I was teaching to this, this, these tools and, and, um, methodologies that really, uh, help in, in, uh, allowing you to live a healthier and happier life. Uh, a lot of that work was for me as well, even as a teacher, mm-hmm. like I, I was definitely working on myself a lot as well. And so, um, I can clearly see that as, um, you know, starting to take shape as, uh, you know, I was like going through this, this year long or years long process of, uh, 
being a community member there and, and just noticing how, um, you know, my attitude and, and, um, perspectives were, were shifting for the better, um, you know, during this like four or five year period. But yeah, that was always my big thing was like, there was this massive opportunity and this massive potential that the, that the ecosystem really had, um, due to the financial treasury that they, they, they had accumulated. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, you know, what I think one of my big grievances was, and then, you know, as, as Octant came into shape, um, there were a lot of things there that just checked, uh, the boxes for me in terms of, uh, you know, what our leadership really wanted and being like hyper transparent and, and wanting to give back to the broader Ethereum ecosystem and, and more broadly just society at, at large, because, you know, we have the opportunity to do so. And so, um, yeah, that, that, that was really inspiring to me. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that, uh, yeah, all the, the health work you were doing was, you know, I, I think we all need a little of that balance in our lives, especially in this, uh, you know, I think maybe in general, even beyond crypto, but I think crypto is such a fast paced, like crazy world. And you're, you know, at times sort of isolated from the rest of the world. Like you're, you're either in it and everybody that's in it's in it, but you know, oftentimes, at least for myself, maybe you feel this way, uh, you know, with friends, family that from sort of the past, there's, there's a certain uh, loss of connection now as I get deeper and deeper into this new world. And, you know, it's totally. like we, we believe, or at least I believe, I think probably you do too, that, that we're building, you know, the future of, of, you know, financial technology, but also public good funding and, and so many things. And yet we're so far ahead of the curve that, yeah, it, it can be, can be very isolating at times. So I think it, having those practices in your life is just so essential. Um, certainly something I can need to find more of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, maybe we can start to jump into Gollum a little bit more and then how that, you know, obviously maybe the little bit more of the backstory on on their ICO and, and where they were headed, but then how that evolved into this amazing new public goods funding mechanism. Yeah, totally. So um, they raised... Uh, you know, we keep talking about this crowdfund round, but just to give a little context. They they raised eight hundred twenty thousand ETH, I think, in thirty minutes uh, within this event uh, back in twenty sixteen. So uh, a lot of money. Um, and as we, uh, you know, most of our or your uh, listeners will probably know, you know, ETH uh, appreciated quite substantially. And so what was I think twelve dollars at the time um, when when this crowdfund round happened. Now we're I think just crossing again around three thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, it, at at the peak of the the treasury during the twenty twenty one bull, I think it was you know uh, uh, over a billion dollars in, in what uh, what the combined treasury was. And so, um, they they had this crowdfunding round initially to build build a peer to peer marketplace for computing power. So, what does that mean? It's it's hooking up your computer um, to a, a network of, um, or a pool of resources where, um, people who want to be able to tap in and, and build applications that are resource intensive can, can do that for, uh, cheaper than, you know, what Amazon or Google or Intel, uh, generally offer, um, which is also permissionless and, and, uh, doesn't allow for, for censorship and some of these other things I think we see with like centralized cloud services. Um, but that is a really hard problem to solve. And so I think there were some assumptions early on by the team and what, how they were going to be able to build it. And then when it turns out, uh, when you're very privacy focused uh, around um, uh, proprietary things being computed on random people's machines, then it becomes a much harder problem to solve. Like how, how do you have computations performed on 
um, Joe Schmo's computer without Joe Schmo being able to see what's being computed on his computer. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a harder problem to solve and it's taken them quite a while, I think, to, to build what they initially thought was only going to take a couple years. And so um, as they really wanted to focus on building out the tech, uh, the community started to drop further and further because a lot of the people there were um, more interested in profit rather than the than the tech. And um, at the same time, I think because they were focusing so much on on building the product that the communication and community building started to fall by the wayside. So uh, what was one of the biggest communities, I think, in, in 2016 and 2017 started to, to drop off. And um, this is like where one of my my criticisms really was, is, you know, we had this big thriving community and people were just like slowly starting to trickle away. Um, but in 2019, because that treasury had had uh, appreciated so much, um, Golem decided to split off into two separate entities. So Golem Foundation took a third of the, the remaining crowdfund treasury and um, Golem Network or Golem Factory, um, still building that that initial mil, uh, initial mil, uh, excuse me, initial mission of that um, uh, computing marketplace. So um, with a third of the, the uh, funds, um, Golem Factory realized that uh, um, once Ethereum trans transitioned over into proof of stake, you know, that presented a really unique opportunity for us to do something really interesting. And, you know, we were really inspired by um, Gitcoin and a few of these other public goods funding platforms about, you know, how much impact they were actually having and that, you know, the resources that we have with this treasury could could really uh, provide some um, some sustainability towards this because, uh, you know, it's it's uh, watching from the sidelines a little bit and how Gitcoin has been able to run for so long and how ClearFund and, and and some of these other ones have been able to run for so long. It's truly remarkable that, you know, they've been able to have that much impact, but they need to raise funds, um, you know, for, for each round that they're that they're uh, ultimately going with. So, um, yeah, we, we recognize that there's this opportunity where, you know, with a sustainable source of capital that we, we could try to find like a, a new model here uh, that would that would ultimately drive impact towards the public goods funding ecosystem, but but hopefully as well drive drive uh, uh, impact towards our users. And so anything that we um, build with that uh, Ethereum treasury um, has to be modeled around the GLM token because back in 2016, that's how we got the ETH. It was it was a swap for the for the GLM token. And so um, just to give the the um, listeners a little bit of a of an understanding in how Octant works. Um, Octant allows anyone who holds our native token, the GLM token, to lock their token into the, the Octant contract. And so we have these staking rewards coming in and we accumulate them over a 90-day period. And so we're, we're generating about um, 1,000 ETH a quarter. Um, and so those uh, rewards are then driven to um, our users and then separately to a public goods funding matching pool. Uh, minus costs. So as a user, um, you're going to be receiving rewards uh, at least proportional to how much of our native token you lock in. So if you lock in 1% of the uh, total supply into our contract, you're going to at minimum receive uh, 1% of what we generate within that 90-day period. Um, so what you end up doing with that, that reward then is up to you. So you can keep that reward for yourself. It's It's 100% yours. You can do whatever you want with it. But um, what we're hoping to inspire is that if you donate 
any amount of those rewards to um, public goods that participate in in um, this this round, then that donation is going to be leveraged uh, by the matching pool that I talked about. And it's it's been really neat to see that um, uh, through these two rounds, we've been seeing around a 50x multiple of of donations. So for every dollar that you donate, you're uh, we're, we're averaging around um, uh, $50 being matched on top of that donation. So it's been pretty impactful to see, you know, uh, uh, a good amount of, of leverage uh, for users that, that ultimately decide to be uh, generous with, with their rewards. Um, and so we, we've been, you know, thinking about how we can uh, further tinker with, with what we have right now, because the, the downside of what this model is is that uh, it's a plutocracy, and and that's fundamentally not really in alignment with with the public goods funding ecosystem. And so we've been we've been looking at how we can better align uh, Octant to the greater uh, PGF ecosystem, and and maybe experimenting with a QF or some kind of some kind of quadratic voting mechanism. Um, we're also looking into how we can bring in even more capital to to drive both to uh, our users and to public goods. And um, we have some announcements that are going to be coming up in the next few months about that. But yeah, that's that's the the um, the short and sweet setup about Octane is uh, you have these staking rewards coming in, and then users decide what to do with those rewards, and then um, a separate matching pool that leverages any sort of donation that that the users end up giving. Got it, and. Yeah, I feel like I just then. blew you away there. Yeah, well, no, yeah I, mean, it, I think every time I hear about exactly kind of how this all went down, it's, you know, it, it felt like it often came out of the, you know, out of nowhere. And it was like, wow, what is this thing? What, what oh, you're taking 100,000 ETH and you're staking it and now, but your community can then choose to use a portion of that for public goods. And, um, you know, I think one thing you start with that big a treasury, you really can make an impact. You know, it's not like you're, you're giving away $1,000 a quarter, like you're giving away substantial funding. Uh, but it sounds like part of the struggle is like, how do you distribute that in the best way and how can the community help you decide? I, mean, I know with, and maybe it'd be helpful to talk a little about the first few rounds and how you thought about who would actually receive those rewards. I know the first round, it was really looking to big, you know, established public goods projects and and pushing those rewards to them. But I, I know it has broadened a little bit more in the the recent uh, two epics, uh, we just, I guess, for, for listeners' context, the third epic just, uh, or Epoch just finished, um, what, a week and a half ago or so? You, you know yeah. exactly. And then, um, so so we're kind of three three rounds into this experiment, I guess, just for context. Um, but maybe we can talk a little bit about how you how you have chosen those projects and how maybe you hope to to uh, evolve that. Totally, yeah. So the... the um... We actually started at zero because that was a round that we had run um, with ten projects before Octon actually launched. It was just a pre-launch event that we were that we had ran to um, try to create a foundation for our community before before the app actually launched. So um, technically, uh, although you were totally correct, um, the Epoch two just finished since we started at zero, and so Epoch three will will be starting in uh, or the uh, Epoch three. The, the accumulation of rewards for Epoch 3 has already begun and the, the allocation window for that round will, will start in, in middle of April, I believe. Um, but yeah, how, how projects were initially chosen was we recognized really quickly if we just opened this up like Gitcoin that a very small team of ours wouldn't have the ability to, to vet uh, you know, a mass amount of projects uh, you know, hoping to vie for, for that million dollar pool that was 
uh, distributed for, for Epoch Zero. And so we went with some uh, no-brainer projects, including Gitcoin, Protocol Guild, um, you know, the, 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 I can go down the entire list, but they were all really sound projects in terms of like a social credibility standpoint. Um, and then uh, we've had projects from then on roll over into round, uh, uh, into future rounds that have been strongly signaled by our community. And so um, that's entrenched some really strong um, projects within the space. Uh, but that's also created this, uh, I guess, what you can consider a bottleneck for new projects that are trying to get into into a future round. So um, we're really looking at the mechanism that we have right now pretty hard and and wondering, you know, how, what might be the best way to to pivot. But um, yeah, to to answer your question about how projects have been have been selected, we we've definitely leaned on the um, the the short tail of. Uh, having a pretty strong amount of social credibility, you know, being able to showcase impact and whatever that that impact or however, you know, each project defines what impact is for them. Um, there's definitely been, you know, a lot of projects that I think were really strong ideas, but haven't built much. And we've we've turned them away just because, um, you know, the, there is this uh, social credibility, I think, that we we want to have a little bit of consistency with and and at the idea stage, uh, it, it just doesn't match up, I think, with with um, with what we're trying to fund at Octant, uh, at least right now, because um, different from from other uh, public goods funding platforms like Gitcoin, we uh, we only have a certain amount of spaces in, in each round. And so um, uh, compare that to Gitcoin. You know, if you uh, are able to show like why you are a public good, I think they're much more open in, in terms of like you know what what they accept in, in any of their given rounds. And so, uh, because we have this finite amount of spaces, we definitely thought that you know having a, a stricter source uh, sort of social credibility uh, only naturally makes sense there. Um, I think going back to to answering another part of your question a little bit earlier, and in, in like how 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 all this. Um, first came about is that uh, I think one of the things that that um, uh, Julian and Andre, the the two guys that are leading uh, Octant and, and Golan Foundation really recognize is that not only um, not only is there an opportunity to uh, uh, do something really impactful for for um, Octant and for for Golan really important, but uh, you know, we we should we really need to to look into this um, for for our own reputation. I think there's been this long um, sentiment in parts of the Ethereum ecosystem that uh, Golem has gotten a lot of value out of Ethereum, but hasn't really yet contributed much back to it. And, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've heard a lot of this sentiment over the years. And I, I really think that, uh, you know, Julian and Andre really, really uh, felt that we, we, within a position of opportunity or within a position of of having the ability to to do something um, that that drives value back to Ethereum, uh, to to seize on that opportunity because um, they do care. And um, you know, reading, although crypto Twitter is very toxic, you know, you don't want to take that stuff too 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 uh, personally. You know, when you are reading generally a, a, a sentiment that that's there by by you know a large amount of people, um, you can start to form 
uh, conclusions that maybe aren't just completely out of left field that, that, you know, there is a general sentiment there and you want to be able to repair that because if there's anything, um, I get better way to say that is if, if we want to be successful in the long term, you know, it's, it's, it's really important for us to show that we do care rather than just trying to be strict extractors from, from the broader Ethereum community. So, um, that, that was in part, you know, the, the motivation as well as trying to repair, I think this relationship that that Golem has with Ethereum. So I'll say this as well, Golem token holders, uh, maybe not the most appreciative of uh, the the public goods funding side uh, being thrown at them. I, I think they they would love to have like maximum value extracted from the, the staking operation driven back to uh, just strictly the token holders. But uh, at the end of the day, that's not very interesting. And it probably only further uh, drives the narrative of Golem being an extractor from from Ethereum, right? So uh, th there were definitely some salty community members uh, uh, about that. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we we have a really good opportunity to sort of bridge um, capital aligned uh, community members with um, the public goods funding ecosystem. And uh, by and large, I think that's what Octon aims to do. Yeah, I mean, a couple things you mentioned there. I mean, it sounds like in a sense, even, you know, looking at, you as somebody who's vocal and then gets hired to do this work, um, that clearly Golem and and Octant are listening to the community. That that when there is loud enough voices and and it's not just random voices on Twitter, but kind of enough of it, like you're saying, it's like okay, that there is something we should work on. And it sounds like the the leadership is is keenly aware that that's uh, you know so important to continue to build that relationship with the core Ethereum ecosystem, with all the people that are actually building and. And, and growing and so I, I think this is probably one of the huge ways that they, they've started to see like wow like I mean it certainly has made a big splash as best I can tell um, but to point to another thing that you just mentioned that I assume is maybe your greatest challenge but correct me if I'm wrong and if it's not I'd still love to hear about it but it sounds like really of the different public goods mechanisms out there your biggest challenge is do, like facilitating this degen to regen pipeline. Like you're trying to take all these people that essentially were degens at some point and bought a bunch of column and are trying to ride this thing and trying to to get them to to shift over to thinking about how they can also support public goods. Is that really like sort of building that like shifting the golem community into the octant community and having them participate? Has that been the greatest challenge? Maybe is the first question. Um, and yeah, well, I would say we haven't even been successful yet there yet. Okay. By and large, like we we have some really big whales in our community that um, they they've maxed out the um, claiming the rewards for for themselves, and that's that's totally fine because that actually allows right now the the shortcoming of our mechanism right now is that you know if if the whales decided to be really generous then that would drown out donations by and large of the, the average fish uh, like me. So um, it's, it's actually been good that they've been staying on the sidelines a little bit because then the, the, the rest of the community can really participate. And then we see these like really large leverages of, of uh, donations from, from the matching pool. Um, but we definitely recognize an opportunity to, to create um a much better bridge. And, and the way that I see that is this, is if we move over to a more democratic um, mechanism that allows for a distribution of the matching fund. So, you know, you could think of that as quadratic funding or, or quad, some kind of a mechanism around quadratic voting. Um, 
that then would allow uh, more users from the public goods funding ecosystem to confidently come in into Octane and say, I know that my donations aren't going to be masked uh, by a potential whale if they want to be really generous. At the same token, if we have this mechanism, then I could see people who are very capital focused to then maybe want to dip their toe in the water because it only requires a very small amount of their capital to, to uh, participate in the, the, the funding of public goods. So, um, so I, I see that as like this bridge of being able to, to uplift both sides of the ecosystem. And then uh, we have some very, or I have some really big ideas that I think are starting to catch, uh, catch more um, traction internally about how, how we can leverage the motivations of the dege degenerate community to funding public goods. Um, there are ways you can do that. You can harness the, the degen motivation um, uh, for their own personal gains while uh, impacting um, public goods in a really positive way. So, so we're looking into that really, really heavily right now because um, if, if you know, the listeners aren't aware, that there's a much bigger community in the crypto ecosystem right now that is of the degenerate gambler quality than there is in the um, striving for uplifting the social good or the common good quality. And so if we can tap into this much bigger um, sub-community of degenerate gamblers and that would bring positivity for social outcomes, uh, then I think we've really hit the nail on the head, so to speak. And I'm, I'm really confident in some of these ideas that I have. We just have to get a civil solution in place first because you can gain the hell out of it uh, if you, as an individual, can create 20 different wallets uh, and pretend to be 20 different people. Yeah. I, that's one thing I was going to say is that I think that one of the unique things that you don't have to deal with, with the current system at least, is really civil tax of the mechanism, which is, you know, having been with Gitcoin or formerly with Gitcoin, uh, I certainly know the trials and tribulations of civil tax and and, uh, and what that totally. does to a round at the it's, end of the day. It's literally so, why they built this mechanism was like right. the plutocracy in a way is a, is a soft civil defense, but... Um, yeah, I think, you know, you can you can protect from civils as much as you want uh, to the detriment of really growing the community that you're ultimately trying to foster. Or you can maybe take some bumps and bruises um, on the civil side of things. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, be able to to much more closely align your your mechanism with the uh, a broader target audience. And so I, I, I would think that the um, I would think that growth is definitely the more important of the two, um, because we, 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 at the end of the day, we don't want just a couple hundred people voting on this like massive matching pool. We, we, you know, we, we want to inspire like a really large community like Gitcoin and some of these other, uh, projects have. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's where we're in recognition of right now is like, we, we have a good foundation, but there's definitely ways for us to improve. That makes sense. I mean, it sounds like the mechanism right now, you're almost uh, having to be whale resistant in a sense. <laughs> and so that's sort of a, a unique thing that I don't think anyone's had to think about too much uh, in that context. But yeah, I can see where, um, whereas some of these ideas and I, you know, excited to 
to follow along as as uh, sounds like there'll be a lot of exciting announcements here in the next few months uh, around this and around some of these other ideas of of uh, starting to work with others and things like that. Um, but it, yeah, I think as you shift that mechanism, then yeah, you, it just opens up new problems. And so, how do you solve for that? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, are are you thinking? I guess I can shield Gitcoin a little bit. Uh, like like passport, does that feel like something that that works for you, or do you think that there's more than that's needed than that, or is that kind of how you're thinking about that as you get there? It's a great question. We actually just had a long strategy call uh, on this topic last night because um, our our dev team had a long conversation with uh, the folks over at Passport um, yesterday. So uh, it does seem like it will um, check a lot of boxes for us. Obviously, there are uh, uh, there, there's no perfect solution right now. And so I think what we'll end up doing is using pieces of what they've built and then uh, maybe adding additional things from, from our end or... Um, you know, tinkering with with their mechanism in a way that maybe more suits uh, Octant needs, um, but but by and large, I think starting there and then just you know being willing to take maybe some some bumps and bruises along the way uh, is is totally fine in my opinion because at the end of the day we do have this sustainable source of of revenue and we um, we have more of a curated list of projects that are eligible to receive funding. So there are. There are protections there that I think we can um, we can ultimately be okay with the outcomes in the short term, uh, as long as we're you know able to adapt and iterate and and just you know uh, positively grow and and uh, um, refine the mechanism over the long term. Yeah, that makes sense, and it, it seems like that's what you've been doing to some extent. I know there was some refinement in Epoch uh, two. Uh, over what was being done, and then maybe even some th- changes you're making towards three, and maybe um, maybe first part of the question: what what have been the lessons learned, or, or are you seeing momentum, or things have you know big splash and things have slowed down in terms of people's participation? But then also, wh- what new sort of experiments are we going to see in in the next uh, next round? Totally, yeah. I think that one of the big lessons is that just like any product. Um, Having a really strong message about why people should care is uh, so crucial, and you know this seems really, really obvious, but um, I think that I think it's really, really important to to understand that because while you know we as a team or even other teams that I've seen with this as well, while while we can feel that the this project that we're building makes a lot of sense in many ways if there isn't the strong resounding motivation of why a user um should care then it's going to fall a little flat and i think we saw that like um we we had assumed because there were there was a lot of money going to to public goods projects that you know a larger community would care about using octin as a mechanism um to to fund public goods that they care about and uh, I think that was a little short-sighted, in my opinion, um, and and we we've definitely you know changed things in in part uh, because of that that lesson learned. I think another example of this is is um, Gitcoin shutting down public goods network, right? Like just because there's this network that funds public good, like the it's it, there has to be some really strong reasons there for for. Um, 
for people to be able to want to use that product. Right. And so it's, it's, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, Octant and, and PGN were, were kind of in a similar sort of vein is like, uh, maybe funding public goods just along itself or just on its own isn't that strong of a uh, motivator that there maybe needs to be uh, extrinsic motivators as well, because so much of our ecosystem, at least at this stage, is driven by um, is driven by rewards or or um, uh, extrinsic motivations. Um, I think it's really easy to say that a plutocracy is, is bad in the public goods funding ecosystem. That's that's not going to uh, um, drive uh, a strong coalition to want to be able to use your product. At least I'm very confident uh, in, in in saying that. You know, maybe maybe some of my team maybe disagree there. So I'll, I'll say this is my own my own personal view. Um, yeah, and I think um, having. Mm, Yeah, I think having, uh, you know, an, uh, an opportunity for, um, at least for, for our community, um, having, uh, allowing them to have more impact uh, in, in the direction of Octant. And we've, we've seen just like, just beginning to, to open the can, so to speak, in, in this regard, we've seen so much engagement um, from this. So, um, for for a little while, almost exclusively, every decision that was driven by Octant was was, or uh, every decision of Octant was driven by the core team. That's a better way to phrase that. Um, we've now started on our governance board to to open up um, a few different conversations um, about how we can better optimize, you know, our mechanisms, how we can, um, you know, give more impact towards. The community in in other ways. An example of this is we now have a community fund that we're building a governance model around that is going to be 100% governed by the community. Later on down the road, if this actually becomes a really battle tested uh, framework, this could theoretically govern Octant. Um, so um, I think giving that impact or giving that voice to the community is is so crucial in being able to grow a community. And so. Um, where they really didn't have that voice before. Maybe that comes back into what I was saying initially and like, you know, having a strong uh, message of why people should care. Uh, yeah, th th those were definitely lessons learned and, and uh, ways in which we've, we've definitely recognized the, the need to, to realign ourselves there. So um, uh, how we've done that for, for Epoch 3 is, is um, we now have uh, much more rewards going to our users. We have much more rewards going to the public goods matching pool. Uh, we now have a community fund that is that is going to be governed by the community once this framework is developed. Um, and so, I think we're we're starting to recognize just how vital uh, community is and how vital um, you know aligning our set, like our mechanisms to ultimately what our mission is is uh, is just vital. It's just so important. So. Um, those are where the big shifts have have taken thus far, and and where uh, further changes um, are are going to be coming around is 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 aligning to that. It makes a lot of sense, and I think it's it sounds like you're learning as you go, and I think that 
you know, I think a plutocracy that never wants to be anything different is one thing, but a plutocracy that strives to be a democracy long term is a different thing. You know, it's a you know a centralized entity that starts out that way, but strives to be more decentralized every day. That's you know that's what we're all doing here. I think so. It, it feels like it's that same journey where right now you you recognize that there's only so many limit or so many parts of this experiment you can test at once. So you have to you know make certain decisions about how you're going to operate this whole project from day one. And so you've got to have a core team that's making some of those decisions to know that like these first few rounds are so crucial in in the foundation of where you're going. So you you gotta you gotta keep a certain amount of control of that and, and really really uh, control the context at the end of the day of of what this really is. And then then it sounds like it, as you begin to set up these new systems long term, that allows you to then exit to the community, if you will. Um, and so I think that that's a super powerful vision to hold for you all. And I think that's a lot of, a, a lot of crypto, I think is that way. And in, in some respects, I think we're, we're certainly not in a fully decentralized crypto world by any means. So I think we're all somewhere along that path, but um, maybe you could talk a little bit more about this community fund. Cause I, I think this is super interesting. Is this going to be like another, like project, if you will, that people can vote to along with the 10? And then that money, then the community decides how they disperse those rewards, or is it totally separate from sort of the current mechanism? Or I, I may be missing something along the way. How that kind of plays into yeah, that. it's a great question. So um, you can think of the so we have a, um, a thousand ETH a quarter coming in, and so um, maybe expanding a little more in, in what I had said earlier in the in the session here, um, the the funds are split up in four pools. Um, beginning in Epoch 3. Uh, we have um, 35% of the rewards that are going to be going to users, 35% um, of rewards that are going to be going to the public goods matching pool, 5% uh, of rewards that are going to be going to the community fund, and then 25% is going to be going back to us because we have uh, a lot of costs at the end of the day. And so I think we might be scratching or we might be getting close to 100% of what costs are with 25. I think we might still be a little bit under. So um, we're hoping ETH continues to appreciate so that we can, uh, you know, get above that threshold. I think long term that that 25% uh, with the tra trajectory that ETH is on, um, you know, Golden Foundation, as I said, would love to be able to sunset being the core driver of, of Octane if we have a battle tested governance model. And um, that 25% then can can fund other initiatives. But um, bre breaking down those four different pools that I had mentioned, um, uh, the 5% for the community fund, that's going to be streamed to, um, to a, a governance model that we're building right now. And so I have been, um, maybe I, bit off, I was a little naive in, in uh, understanding how much work I was going to be biting off for myself, but uh, we've built a large group of, contributors who um, have shown interest in uh, wanting su successful outcomes for Octane. And so we, we asked this, this large group to come together. Hey, we're, we're going to be building a governance framework around uh, this initially this um, 50 ETH a quarter community fund. It could eventually become, you know, the governance framework for Octane one day. Uh, are you interested in helping us collectively build this? And, and there were uh, quite a few folks that said yes. So we're now in the early stage process of, of mapping out like what this governance model looks like. And um, there's a lot to building a governance structure. And, and especially if you want to build a successful one, you know, there's a lot of DAOs over the years that have, uh, 
you know, been created. They, they find a lot of success early, but, you know, they didn't really map out or build uh, for sustainability in the long term. And that's that's one of Octane's core tenants or, or uh, principles is sustainability. So, you know, we're, we're definitely um, taking, I think, the, the longer road here towards um, developing something that uh, should hopefully um, both be able to be iterated upon and improved upon, but, but um, thinking for uh, long-term success in terms of, you know, the community being able to come in and contribute as they, as they see fit. So yeah, we're building a, a, a governance model around this right now. Hopefully we have something uh, in the preliminary stages that's uh, ready to go um, by end of April, because that's when the first set of uh, 50 ETH is gonna be coming towards the, the fund. Um, you asked a question about what, what the fund is, is going to be um, uh, funding <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, that is theoretically anything under the, the mission of Octant, which is to financially empower both the public its funding ecosystem and its users. So that's a, that's a really broad, um, I guess, set of criteria that, the, that theoretically could be eligible. Um, and even more so when you start to think about, you know, a lot of different people have a lot of different definitions of what constitutes a public good. So um, while it, it seems pretty easy to, to define like what is eligible and what is not, when you start to actually get down into the, the nitty gritty of um, eligibility within this, this Octant mission, um, it starts to become a little bit harder. So yeah, we're, we're actually mapping that out right now, but, but theoretically speaking, uh, anything that the community finds to be um, uh, driving value to, to the Octant community or to the, to the public goods funding ecosystem would theoretically be eligible there. Amazing. Um, oh yeah. So, so many exciting things as you move into this next, uh, EBOC three and, uh, into the future. Uh, as I said, so excited to, to see how it all goes. And, and I think even more inspired after this call to, to really dive in more with the governance discussions and, and really the community in general. And, uh, I, I really think there's something you're, you're onto something special here. It feels like, um, and I think it's going to be an important key in, in everything we're building, uh, in the public goods space. Now to try something a little strange here on on my first podcast here with you, uh, right listeners. You know, maybe it is is my my first podcast, but I uh, wanted to bring on uh, a a co host of mine that I, I think will be stopping by occasionally uh, for for episodes and um, cool. and uh, and so uh, just to introduce you, um, this is my my friend Schmolock. Uh, hi. Hi, James. Uh, my name is uh, Shmolok. Uh, it sounds like you've been doing some amazing work in the fight against my evil twin brother, Moloch. Uh, the whole family hates him. You hate him. John hates him. We all hate him. He's the worst. Uh, but I do everything I can to really promote public goods and coordination success. And so I just wanted to stop by and, and ask a few just rapid fire questions uh, just to get us a little off the, the crypto train and just back to reality here. Uh, so uh, first off, uh, yes or no, a pineapple on pizza? No. I got a bunch of best friends that, that, that love it. Not not here for it. <laughs> I, I I'm with you there. Uh, what about your favorite animal? And hopefully it's a monster like me. I love, uh, so I saw this movie, 50 First Dates, and the walrus in that movie uh, really captured my attention. So I, I would have to say a walrus is my favorite animal. Oh, that's a good choice. That's a great choice. Uh, you know, not as cool as a monster, but kind of like a sea monster. So yeah, I'll take totally. it. Uh, do you have a favorite public good? 
I I mean, big shout out to Protocol Guild. They're, they're definitely my my number one. I mean, we couldn't really be doing what we're doing at Octon without without those guys. And and uh, today I just found out we moved into the top ten of their donors list. So um, really really stoked, uh, both with the work that we're doing and the, and the collaboration we've had with them. So yeah, I would say they're they're number one in my heart right now. Love that. It's hard to pick, but but uh, I think that's a solid choice. Uh, and and then lastly, um, you know, with all the existential dread of coordination failures, my brother Moloch is causing. It's hard for us all. Most every day can be a little bit troubling and hard. But wondering if you have any tips for staying optimistic in this crazy world. Yeah, you know, I think uh, technology just keeps pushing us forward, and and if used in the right ways, uh, are, are definitely like super valuable tools. Obviously, so. Um, you know, within coordination uh, failures, maybe AI or some other type of uh, set of technology comes around that that helps us solve some of these issues. And I'm I'm really optimistic about that because you know there's there's so many uh, talented people within uh, the Web3 ecosystem that uh, have their their attention on solving this problem. That it's it, in my opinion, it's just a matter of time. That that gives me a little bit of hope for sure. Well, well, thanks for having me. I'll hand it back to John now. Uh, but uh, great to meet you. Hope to see you again sometime soon. Great to meet you as well. <laughs> yes, my, my good friend Shmolak, he lives here in the office. Uh, he's been on a few calls here and there. Thought I would try him on the podcast. We'll see if it, uh, if it goes <laughs> well or not. Uh, Love it. Um, anyway, as we wrap up here, um, been a great conversation. Really enjoyed uh, having you. Um, any last parting words or anything we, we may have missed that you want to uh, get on tape here? No, yeah, I, I really appreciate your listeners, um, you know, diving in deep with us here. I think it's it's been a lot of fun to, to chat through all this stuff. I am, you know, obviously really biased, but I think uh, the GLM ecosystem is really going to uh, start to su- surprise a lot of people over the next year, a couple of years here. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, there is a separate Golem project that is building that marketplace, but you know, AI is a, is a really big, uh, uh, or hot topic right now. And they have some really exciting things on their side that they've been building around like a GPU marketplace for, for machine learning and, and AI, um, powered products. So, uh, between what they're doing over there and then what we're doing on, on, uh, the Golan Foundation side, I, I, I just think our ecosystem is really, um, starting to, to come around and, and being able to drive value. So, um, if, if you haven't already, check out both projects, Octant and then uh, Golem Network. A lot of interesting things happening on, on both sides of the GLM ecosystem. And then, yeah, this, this has been a lot of fun. And hopefully I have uh, uh, some more updates for you the next time we chat. And I'm definitely looking forward to that conversation. Definitely looking forward to uh, you know catching up uh, for the listeners at Denver's next week. So uh, I think James and I will bump into each other there. Um, any, uh, I guess, to, to close us out, uh, anyone that uh, you want to give a shout out to that really inspires you that maybe uh, I should try and get on the podcast? Um, yeah, I mean, Awaki is always great. You know, I'm going into to his house uh, next week. Uh, I beat him in chess one time last year and he was super salty about it. Uh, <laughs> so I think he's, he's, um, he, he's working to thoroughly whip my ass this year. Uh, let's see, who else? Um, I love uh, one of our community members, Devonch. Devonch has been like one of the most active uh, community members and he's just so plugged in with so many different ecosystems that I, I think he could have a really interesting conversation with you about just like, um, you know, the Ethereum public goods funding ecosystem in general and, and a lot of different um, governance conversations around different different frameworks or, or uh, communities in there. Um, let's see. Um, 
Nobody else coming to mind right now, although I'm sorry because I talked to so many awesome people uh, throughout the day that that they're, uh, you know, I could probably pull up my Telegram handle right now and, and just start running through it like a giant list. Maybe David at Funding the Commons, he's he's a great one to, to chat with. And, and um, you know, coming from the Protocol Labs ecosystem, he's always plugged in with what's going on over there. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just uh, uh, end on those three, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know it's always hard to pick favorites, so I don't, yeah, I don't totally. want you to have to pick favorites, but <laughs> but that's great. I, definitely, uh, uh, Waki was definitely on the list, but uh, Devonch would be really great. Uh, we've, we've had some calls together as well. At a, yeah, I think he has a really great uh, understanding of the public good space. So, um, All right. Oh, well, I'll give you one more because oh, okay, I realized cool. I didn't put any girls on this list, and that is a tragedy. Uh, maybe Laura from, um, the, she, she was the, the uh, woman who ran uh, the impact evaluation for Retro PGF. Uh, oh, yes. She's been working with us a little bit behind the scenes, uh, incredibly talented woman, and uh, you would have a great conversation with her as well. So I'll throw her on the list too. That's a great one. And yeah, she uh, she and I were on a, a, a podcast about impact uh, evaluations and, and things. And yeah, I think that would be an amazing conversation. So yeah, I'm going to definitely put her on the list and see if cool. she's willing to chat. So, cool. all right. Well, thanks again so much for uh, for speaking with me and, and talking to our listeners. Uh, I guess maybe one last, I know you kind of plugged, but best place to to find you and Octant uh, out there on the yeah. internet? Uh, so on uh, Twitter, we're at Octant app, um, all just one word. Um, our Discord is on our, our Twitter handle, also on our Farcaster handle. We're just straight Octant on, on Farcaster or Warpcast. Um, we do have a lot of really interesting discussions taking place right now. Uh, Octant, I guess you could consider, is still like this piece of clay that's being molded. So if you have ideas around governance or public goods funding or even tokenomic ideas, um, we are we're listening to our community by and large. So come to our, our uh, governance board and, and share your ideas, whatever they may be. And um, we'll, we'll definitely entertain those conversations. So yeah, um, check out our social handles, jump into the Discord, jump into the, the governance board and, and looking forward to those conversations. Sweet. We'll put all those links down in the show notes. And uh, for all those listening, uh, can't wait to uh, deliver another episode to you real soon. So thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Have a great day. Appreciate you. <laughs>